0: check, one, two. Curious about real estate? Yes! Then you've come to the right place. Get the knowledge you need, get over the fear, and get started. This is the Michael Quarles Real Estate Show with your host, Michael Quarles. Hello, everybody. Michael Quarles with the Michael Quarles Real Estate Show. Today, I have on our show, Laura Alamary. Laura, tell us about yourself.
1: Uh, well, I've been in real estate for quite a long time. Actually, I started back in 87 um, while I was in Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii. I was a real uh, student over there, and I started going around and visiting open houses on Sundays. And, uh, and uh, before I know I got my license and went into real estate, and then I specialized more in uh, real estate investing. Uh, if you wonder about my accent, I'm originally from Italy. That's where oh, I grew you up. In, and I,
0: you have an accent?
1: I can hardly tell. Really? Okay. Some people say they tell more than others, but yeah, I actually uh, grew up in Venice, Italy, and I moved to the United States in 85. Um, So then, about 91, uh, I moved from Hawaii to the mainland and I started buying properties as rental properties. And then by the mid-90s, I went into also fix and flip, wholesaling. And in 2001, I started raising private money through real estate syndication. So my experience has kind of been in a lot of different strategies. And then also in 97, I started hosting seminars. Being a real estate broker, by the way, I was also but just sell my own properties. I started hosting seminars on how to become financially independent with multi-family units. And I raised a considerable buyer's list just by doing these seminars a few times a year. And then about six, seven years ago, I started teaching all my strategies online. And that's how you came across me. I do teach now to students nationwide about real estate from beginner to advanced. I work with everybody uh, you know, uh, different programs, of course, but I work on a one-on-one basis, one-on-one coaching. And I, I'm probably one of the only mentors that teaches strategies like luxury real estate investing and also how to raise private money the easy way. And uh, presently, I live in South Florida. I live in Miami, uh, but I do travel all over the country and different speaking engagements.
0: Oh, well, Fantastic. Where do you, are you currently buying property yourself?
1: Yes, I do in uh, South Florida and also in the Chicago area right now. And uh, I run uh, seven real estate clubs around the country, by the way. And uh, so I travel for those. But as far as an investor, I am, um, like I said, I do buy wholesale. And actually, I deal with luxury market here in the Miami area and also in Chicago.
0: So explain to us, for those of us that don't know what the luxury market means.
1: Well, it's basically going after homes that are a million dollars or more that, uh, you know, the concept of wholesaling and fix and flip works the same way. Uh, But what I found out over the years, especially, you know, when I started in Hawaii, that when somebody starts falling behind on their mortgage on a jumbo loan, it's a much more of a gap that they're going to accrue after two or three months. And that's, the fact is you work with a little different type of sellers and buyers, so you have to adjust the strategies of how you're going to get these buyers and uh, what these buyers are looking for. But basically, instead of making a ten to $20,000 profit per deal, your profits are $50,000 or more per deal. And that's why it's appealing, especially in certain parts of the country, like California, for example.
0: Right. And this is, that's the wholesale fee, correct?
1: Correct. But I also do wholesaling like more what I call average bread and butter homes, where, you know, most of my new students start wholesaling the ten to $20,000 profit per deal, which is where you can get your confidence, learn about the business. And then the, by, you know, by doing that, then you can move into other features like commercial properties or luxury homes.
0: Walk us through the, the typical and the Uh, I'll say the bread and butter since that's the word you used. The typical bread and and butter wholesale deal. Walk us through that.
1: Okay, well, uh, the first thing, obviously, you have to find the properties that I say that even the owner does not know he wants to sell yet. Okay, and one other thing I've noticed with investors nowadays, they're a little lazy in the way that they expect to find the good deals on the MLS and Craigslist. Well, that's not where you're going to find the good deals. You have to approach the owners that don't even know they want to sell yet. Who are these owners? Well, they're people that obviously are going through some trouble in their life, and they don't really know where to turn. We're talking about tax delinquent property, property that are behind on their mortgage going into foreclosures. We're talking about elderly that may be Uh, don't even live in the home anymore Uh, probate property so there is obviously certain criteria that I'm looking for and those are the ones that are going bankruptcy also properties that are in bankruptcy uh, that's another niche that uh, I go into and basically you contact these owners or the trustee and work out a deal and say to them okay you know I can help you out of your situation the key here is to you know first of all These people want to know what's in for them, not what's in for you, but what's in for them. So you obviously want to tell them what's in for them. You help them move, you give them money for moving expenses, you help them to stay in the house longer, and, you know, depending on who I'm approaching, I have different strategies and criteria, but I send out a direct marketing piece and reach out to these people. I also do phone calls. That's another strategies as well. And then once they start calling, reaching back out to me, uh, either they're ready to do the deal now or there is a follow up system that I have in place. And then I, once I put the property under contract, I go out there and first I blast it to my buyer's list, which obviously is an ongoing process you're always going to build your buyer list. I blast it out through social media. And obviously, I co-host sales with other wholesalers as well. And that's how I get the property sold. And then, um, you know, rinse and repeat.
0: Rinse and repeat. So you do not use the MLS to resell your property?
1: No, I don't on the average deals. Now, if you when you're looking into uh, luxury homes, yes, in the luxury home uh, you're not having because my buyer list is basically repeated buyers, right? There are rehabbers, wholesalers, landlords. So when you start getting into the luxury home, unless the luxury home needs work, which a lot of them really don't. Um, then I go ahead and reach out to my, one of my rehabbers. Otherwise, I sell those into the uh, through the MLS.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And let's talk about you. How to, how you create your buyers list? Earlier, you mentioned you did seminars. Is that the mm-hmm. only way you're you're creating the buyers list, or is there other things that are you're doing to to develop that oh, no. list?
1: I mean the yeah the seminars was something I did you know just for a period of time obviously and but mainly my buyer list come from uh, several things one of them the things I do is research cash sales in a certain area, so I have my agent run uh, a a research for over the last six months of cash sales and then reach out to these people that bought properties for cash and see if they're interested in getting on my buyer list for more properties. That is uh, my number one way. Then obviously having a landing page, uh, through social media and also website. And also marketing this landing page through Facebook ads, Google AdWords, social media. That's the second way. Um, and those are the main two ways. And obviously, you know, going out there and going to real meetings and uh, talking with over wholesalers and so forth, going to auctions, that's another great to find cash buyers. Because I'm always going, by the way, for cash buyers. Um, I try to get You know, most of my people being cash, not people that need any type of uh, mortgage.
0: Gotcha. And what's comfortable from a size perspective of on your buyers list? How many buyers do you need on that list at all times to feel like when you have a property, you can sell it?
1: Um, I don't think it's quantity is more than quality. Um, like I always tell my students, don't worry about having hundreds of people on your buyer list. It's just the type of buyers that, you know, kick tires all day, they're really not moving. I'm more interested in quantity. So I prefer somebody having, I would say, 30 cash buyers that are eager than having 300 that are not responsive. So at any one time, personally, in my buyer list, I've had anywhere from 100 to 250 But very, very responsive buyers, meaning that when I blast out my list every month of anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 properties, most of them sell without me doing anything else, just to my buyer list. And that's what I say to investors. You feel like you're being successful in this business once you get to the point that your properties will sell for your buyer list. I, You don't even have to advertise. You don't have to do anything. You just blast it out to your buyer list and then wait for the phone to ring.
0: And out of curiosity, why are you wholesaling? Why not just take down the property and um, resell it in the as-is condition?
1: Well, wholesale it is basically what it is. You resell it in as-is condition. Now, I always say that you have four options for every deal to come across. And most of the time, when I come across a deal, honestly, I don't even know what I'm going to do with that deal. My first thing is I put it under contract. If it's a good deal, the numbers make sense. I put it under contract. Then I decide what I'm going to do. You, you have the possibility of wholesaling it, which is basically called also double closing, back-to-back closing, and so forth. You have the possibility of assigning the contract maybe to another wholesaler. Then the other thing is fix and flip, where you're actually going to retail the property after you fix it up, and the buy and hold, where you're going to keep it as a rental property. So these are the four options that each property I come across fall under.
0: And I understand that isn't there though uh, there a, a fifth possibility unless unless your wholesale strategy is selling it at 100% value when you wholesale do you sell it at 100% value
1: No, never. When you wholesale, you basically you buy low and sell low. So, you know, you buy a 60, 70 cents on the dollar and you sell it 80 to 90 cents on the dollar. So you're always going to wholesale it. You buy low and sell low. We're fix and flip. You buy low and sell retail. That's the two main differences.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Are you running out of leads? It's time you tried Yellow Letters at yellowletters.com. Get motivated seller leads through Yellow Letters, postcards, zip letters, typed professional letters, greeting cards, door hangers, and business cards. Yellow Letters is a full-service marketing company created with your success in mind. Get the personal attention you need to get your direct mail campaign started and get in touch at yellowletters.com. And we are back in 3, three 2, two one. One. You, you mentioned the word auction, which is an intriguing word. Do you buy at mm-hmm. the auctions or are you just looking for your cash buyers at an auction?
1: Well, different things. For many years, I bought at auctions. When I talk about auction, by the way, I talk about mortgage auction, foreclosure auctions. And I've used that for many years. We bought several properties a week when I had uh, my syndication group uh, going, especially before 2007, 2008. Then after that, I went into short sales. But for several years, we bought basically going the quarter steps and bid, which obviously there is a process to that. Uh, there is also the other auctions that I talk about is government. Auction like HUD auctions, for example, there is a strategy on how to maximize the possibility that you win at these HUD auctions. And the other thing that, but then there are other ways that I buy before the auctions, for example, tax delinquent properties. I don't go to auctions and buy tax liens, or you know, no, I actually approach the owners before they go to the auction still. So I still work around the auction terms and an auction date. But I use the auction date as kind of a deadline. The same thing with uh, bankruptcy. When you work with a trustee, you, you do certain things before, you know, this property gets uh, actually uh, discharged for bankruptcy. So I work around certain deadlines for the auction. The other thing you can do at auction, like you mentioned, it's a good idea to find buyers. And a lot. And I realized for many years going personally to the auction, nobody ever approached me and said to me, okay, I see you're here at the auction. You're obviously a cash buyer. You know, I have properties all the time too that I come across at discounted prices. Would you buy? And here's my business card. Nobody ever did. And that's one thing I did with my students, actually. I took them, uh, we do bus tours, and I took them to an auction. And uh, I knew a lot of people at these auctions, but at the same token, I told my students, I said, walk up to them and ask them for the business card. Tell them that you are an investor, you come across properties, and obviously all these people are cash buyers. And they were amazed that all these people were like, sure, yeah, this is my business card. Call me when you have property. So, yes, it is a strategy of finding cash buyers at the auction.
0: Yeah, it seems like it would be a, a very good strategy. Talk, let's talk about marketing for a second. What, what kind of marketing budget do you associate per you know, dollar earned?
1: Um I don't really have a uh, set marketing budget okay I am more of a, oh, I'm Okay, let's put it this way. Over the years, a lot I've done is basically I built a business from the ground up. Therefore, there was a lot of word of mouth. The other thing that I also stretch with people is the old concept that we had back in the 80s of farming, meaning that you get to know one area really, really good. So you're the go to person. And that's why it happened with me over the years. I was working For over 20 years in about two or three zip codes, and I didn't have to go anywhere else. The zip codes were more than enough to keep me busy and all my investors busy. So with that said, if you come the go-to person, you really don't have to go all over the place. Now, the other budget that I do is direct marketing. Now, as far as direct marketing is concerned, I've always been much more of a niche type marketing, meaning that I don't do thousands of marketing pieces. I do two 200, 300 times at a time, Two to 300 at a time, sorry. And I do very highly target marketing. Now, what I found out about marketing is that if you combine criteria, you get a highest response rate, meaning that if you go to an area and you combine the fact that you're looking for vacant, abandoned homes with absentee owners who are elderly, Okay, So you put these three criteria together, you're going to get a higher response rate than if you go blast a marketing campaign for all vacant homes. So my marketing campaigns are always much more focused. So I don't do, honestly, I don't remember a month where I've done more than maybe five or six hundred uh, as far as direct marketing. So and the other thing I also build in uh, is the branding, meaning that I think nowadays more than ever, is more important to build a social media and an Internet brand because people, when they get your marketing piece or talk to you in an event, the first thing they do, is they're going to Google you. And if they Google and see that you 're out there being an investors and you you know you 're working with investors and so forth, then you build your credibility and more people are going to call you so with all that said, you can keep your marketing budget really, really low and still get a response rate of three five percent or better from that uh type of marketing so that 's what i do i 'm much more of a niche marketer more than just one of those are blast out there. And I've always done it that way and always had higher response rates. I mean, even with the short sales so that I did for several years here lately, I was getting my response rate to my marketing piece over 10%, which is unheard of. And uh, people are asking me all the time, what do you do to get that type of response rate? Well, I was combining criteria number one, and then obviously my marketing piece was a winner, but also I, was, uh, I had a brand. I had obviously the name out there and people would Google and find out that yes, she's the go to person for this type of business.
0: Gotcha. How do you stay informed with the current market trends and, you know, what's happening in our marketplace?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I'm always out there. I'm reading, obviously. I read business magazines, real estate magazines. And also, I guess for being in the business for so many years, I have a keen eye on where trends go. Sometimes I spot them before they become the major trend. Like, let's say with short sales, I started doing short sales back in 2004, 2005, years before they became mainstream. But I saw where everything was heading. So it's just being informed, reading. Um, As I said, there's blogs. I go to expos a lot. I talk to other investors. I see this as being a business. A lot of real estate investors, honestly, are worried about competition, are worried about working with other investors or mentors, in my case, too. Uh, Instead, I work with other mentors and gurus. I go to their events. I want to see what they say. I talk to them, get other ideas and get input from people because that keeps me uh, out there understanding what's going on in the market
0: absolutely it's hard to um know the market if you're not in it tell us tell us about your live events what do you do there
1: um i do a lot of live events i have my own real estate clubs i have uh, right now i have st louis chicago indianapolis atlanta Fort lauderdale miami Tampa, and also i co-organize kansas city um Now, I also, so I do uh, Miami for Lauderdale. That's where I live. So I do these events every month. Then Tampa and Atlanta, I alternate every other month. Chicago and St. Louis, I also do every month. Now, I also co-organize expos with Realty 411 Magazine. So they're located out in California, uh, south of Santa Barbara, but they do a lot of expos in the West Coast, but they start spreading out to the East Coast, and I am uh, co-organizing with them. We did a Miami Expo in February uh, this year, and we're going to do one in Chicago in May, and uh, St. Louis, I think, in September, and Atlanta in November of this year. So I am... uh, going to, I'm in partnership with them because I have a lot of contacts there locally and what we do in this expo, one of the good things I do at my live events and also the expos with Realty411 is that they're training expos and one of the things, we bring in quality speakers, they don't, it's not a pitch, sales pitch fest these are actual speakers, these are actually investors that do things out there in the field like me and that have a lot of experience this is actually, some of these um, speakers are actually mentors that have mentored of other mentors that are big in the field nowadays. And you might know the other mentors better, you know these guys, because these guys are actually doing out there doing deals. But we do uh, classes back to back all day. It's a, a day event on Saturdays all the time, from nine to six, we do classes. And then we have booths from direct marketing companies to private money, title companies, real estate agents that are catering to investors. So it's a lot of good, solid information and not sales pitch, no pressures and so forth. In my live events every month, the ones I do on my own, I always bring a topic that I think they're relevant to the markets. For example, the event I'm having in a couple of days in Miami, I'm talking about fixing flipping luxury homes because obviously this is a big thing here in Miami. Uh, If I go to an area like, for example, in uh, Chicago, I talk about raising private money for wholesaling because that's a big thing over there. So I try to target all my live events to what is going on in the area.
0: And how do people find you to find out where you're going to be?
1: I'm on Meetup a lot, meetup.com, uh, uh, if you uh, you know search under my name Laura Alamiri, Alamery, A L A M E R Y, I'm also at my own website. Um uh, can I give my website address? Oh, absolutely. Okay, is uh Laura L A U R A Alamery A L a-M-E-R-Y dot com, laurelamary dot com, and then uh, I post my live events on the website as well.
0: Oh, cool. Do you have a personal life? Do you ever do anything like, like rather than work? Because it sounds like you're busy.
1: <laughs> no, actually, that's the funny part. I've always been very good at organizing and structuring my life where I believe in uh, setting up a system, tweaking how it works, and then delegating all the uh, day-to-day stuff. So that's why one of the things I always advertise, I says you can make six figures in real estate a year with a four-hour work week. And then I teach people how they can structure their four-hour work week, which comes an idea from the book that you probably read of Tim Ferriss. Um, But that's what I do. I I've always done it that way, even at the height of my career where I was uh, flipping 20 to 30 properties a month. I was just, uh, and we're talking about fix and flip, where we actually had four construction crews working around the clock. And I still had the time to actually run and own an art gallery because I was working about 20 hours a week. So with that said, I've always been very good at structuring my business where I'm in real estate investing. I do live events across the country.
0: Cool. What haven't I asked you that you'd like to share?
1: Oh, I'm having to ask. Um, I think that people need to simplify uh, their process. Whatever business they're in, if you're obviously, we're talking about real estate, but what I'm seeing out there is that, you know, how people manage their time or how they structure their life. I think there is a lot of, uh, paralysis of analysis out there, especially when it comes to real estate. I was lucky, honestly, in a way that I got in real estate back in the 80s where there were no mentors or gurus or nothing else. You know, you went out there, bought the book, which by the way, the first book I bought in real estate was Nothing Down by Robert Allen. And now Robert Allen is actually was one of my uh, keynote speakers or one of my expos. But what I'm saying is, Make it easy for yourself. You don't have to complicate. And it's what I tell people in my live events. I think if everybody in this room, I teach them how to make $10,000 a month in the next six months consistently, you know, everybody would be happy. And then from that, you can escalate it. I have some students that make over $200,000 a month profit, but then you can take it as big as you want to. You have to simplify the system, create a system that works with you that doesn't hinder your lifestyle, and then you can escalate exponentially from there. Understand that you don't have to do everything yourself. You build the business around you, not the other way around.
0: Absolutely. And outsource delegating.
1: <laughs> exactly. Also, the people out there, that love to do, you know, like, for example, if you have to do a lot of research, I don't do that. I do it one time so I know what to do and what to look for, and then I train somebody else to do it. You know, I mean, I sent somebody else to the courthouse, even for the auctions. Uh, I attended maybe three or four auctions myself. Then I brought my assistant with me. I trained him to go to the auctions. And I told him, I said, every morning at nine o'clock, there is this auctions. So you go there for every property you get. You get paid a thousand dollars. Trust me. He was there every morning at nine o'clock. So, you know. You train other people to do it, and then you all of a sudden you're like, Sit, "Okay, now well, what do I do? Okay, let's you know, I'm gonna take a trip or open an art gallery, you know, so some things you can do."
0: Well, thank you for being on the show. You're fascinating. You you absolutely have covered a little bit of all of it.
1: <laughs> great, thank you, thank you for inviting me. I'm always, you know, willing to talk to our investors and uh, share my experience and knowledge. I think I'm of the mentality that there is more than enough to go around with everybody. I never feel I'm in competition. I feel like we're all a great community and uh, we help each other out to be successful.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't believe in the competition factor and or that you can lose anything. I think there's abundance and um,
1: exactly. And, exactly. And, and
0: so we fall forward and help each other. And our industry needs more of that, and more yes. pe- more people willing to um, to help. You know, someone new, someone ex- uh, experienced, all of the all of those. So, thank you for being all on, right. and I appreciate okay, it. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that was interesting. Now, I there's a nugget in there, and I'm not going to just blurt it out. I want you guys to find it, but there's absolutely a nugget there that will help everybody listening once you find it. And um, that's what I enjoy about these calls is, you know, I never know where we're headed. It's not scripted. I don't typically, I don't know the person I'm chatting with. So I'm, it's brand new for me too. So it's, that's really enjoyable for me. But literally every time there's something that they say, within the half an hour that we get to chat with them, that is just like, you know, mind-blowing. It's that little nugget that just, wow, the takeaway is so, so powerful from these calls. I hope you guys enjoy them, and uh, we'll keep doing them. till next time, you guys take care.